Hello there. Welcome to Rob Z Radio. Hey, you can call me. I have a voicemail. The phone number is 814-799-0064. 814-799-0064. You can call me on that voicemail, leave a message, and just say anything. Like, maybe you'll tell me what you want me to talk about on the podcast. That's exactly what this guy did. Axe throwing, goats, satanic rituals, haunted houses, and aliens, flat earth, and let's see, um, all. Also, hollow earth theory and Vikings. All right, later. What a coincidence. I have an episode coming up involving all of those subjects and more. <laughs> I love the voicemails, man. They're pouring in, so keep them pouring in and make them as stupid as you possibly can or as insightful. It's all up to you. It's whatever you want to do. That's what we're all about. That's what I'm all about. We're all about... I don't know what what this we thing is. Who's the we? It's just me. Uh, Nintendo's not involved. They're not a sponsor yet. You can also find me on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio, Twitter and Snapchat, Rob Z Yo. This one is my third talk with my friend David Jackson. David Dickman. It's Jackson or Dickman. I always go with Dickman because I think that's an awesome radio name. Uh, He's a great dude, and we're kind of on the same path in life. He's a mobile DJ. You can find him, uh, his mobile DJing services, BoiseMobileDJ.com, straight out of Boise, Idaho. His podcast is called Candid Conversations, which I just subscribed to like five minutes ago. And David, I can't wait to check these out, dude. He's just a cool guy. And yeah, once again, BoiseMobileDJ.com. Candid Conversation on iTunes. Find that with David Dickman. And let's get this one rolling. This is Rob Z Radio. It's interesting. Like, okay, so we've had three episodes together, and when we first talked, we, we you were saying we were talking on the phone the other day, and you were saying how like we're kind of on the same path in certain ways, and it's true, and it's kind of crazy because you know when we first talked, which was probably a year and a half ago, like how long ago was yeah. that? I should go back and look, and I'll put in the the show notes the two other episodes that we're on together. But uh, you were in radio, a bunch of different stations. I bet was it the same, well, two different companies, worked for a couple of different stations in the same company for a total of 17, nearly 18 years. And now we're both completely out of radio, but also doing podcasting. And yeah. like it's, we've kind of like, we've, we've followed like the, the same uh, trajectory, which I guess isn't, I'm sure there's lots of people out there who are, who are doing this, who started off in radio and, and, and realize, uh, and I, if you're in a big market, totally different story, but in smaller markets... It's just, I realize, you know, taking it online means I don't have to travel all over the country and bounce all over the place to reach the same amount of people. I just got to, I got to put in a little more work and I can have more freedom and more fun with it. Uh, so I just think it's cool that we're on this the same path because I do all these episodes called Radio is Dead and it's kind of cool now that we're both out of radio, but we're keeping it. I'm, I'm trying, I'm sure you're, you are as well, trying to keep the idea and the history like the core of what radio is alive on podcasting because that's where it's, it's 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 heading it's like coming together at some point like radio fm airwaves you know podcasting xm radio i feel like that all is going to merge into a new online form of one complete media maybe Man, not I though i think you're right <laughs> that might I be the coffee. So right uh it's really uncharted territory and uh you know, I've gone through like a lot of changes. I think, uh, I think, uh, look at me, just my brain defending myself. I am a commitophobe. Uh, I'm, I'm scared to dive in too deep to anything, and yet I dive deep into everything. So it's just one of my brain's own paradoxes, or whether or not I'm, I'm emotionally blind to the own pain I cause myself, horror, pleasure, whatever, whatever it be. You know, I'm just, uh, I, I dive into things and sometimes I leave them alone. And when we first talked, it was on the, you know, I found out that you're doing uh, your podcast, which was great. And it was actually a huge influence on me because when I listened to your podcast, you were doing 
you're flapping gums, you're doing some uh, wrestling uh, wrestling probs, and then you do, is radio dead? You know, like, am I fucking retarded? You know, question mark. <laughs> you know, and so you're doing it, and I was like, man, you get to do, like, everything under your own channel. It's so great. Meanwhile, I had this podcast called Radio Peeps, and it was a little thing, but there were some people that listened to it, you know, it was, an, it was enough to just like keep me going. And it was a good little ego boost for me. You know, I enjoyed l- learning about radio while I was in it, you know, as anyone should be enjoying learning what they're currently, you know, exposing their their short time, their little blip of uh, a moment in time, you know, while they're here on this earth, yeah. you know, they should be enjoying what the fuck you're doing. And so I enjoyed learning about radio. And then I was like, man, fuck, I want to talk about DDP yoga. And I, if, I, if I gave a shit about wrestling problems, <laughs> then I would do that, you know? But right. I didn't. And I was like, God damn it, Rob Z has it right. So I was going to, I started a different podcast and I killed that one too. So then that's Radio Peeps and the other one, which is called When I Grow Up. And I had the awesome idea of calling it We Goo Podcast, which is an awful acronym. It sounds like, uh, like, week <laughs> you know and so i just d- decided to start my own and of course i was just you know worried about what name to name it so i was just like whatever candid conversation call it good i should have just named it my own name like you did but i didn't want to rip you off entirely well, that you know? doesn't seem like a concern i mean uh, i think with mine what the whole idea was I, because i started off just doing like music ones my favorite albums my friend's favorite albums yes and, they were so good and then i realized like there's no I, I, everything I heard about starting a podcast from everybody or anything I read or listened to was you have to pick a niche or niche however the hell you say it and uh, you have to just go with that and crank it out because that's how it'll catch on it'll catch on with a small group of people who love that niche that you're talking about and then you're gonna be on your way but I, I realized like I don't know how many 30 40 episodes into the music ones I was like I can't just talk about music it's I have so many other things I'm interested in of course I yeah. love music but I just uh, talking about it constantly was like God I'm getting so burnt out and I just felt I listened to and obviously I think you listen to Joe Rogan a lot don't you I do and Joe yeah. like Joe Rogan just he does whatever he wants to do he just you know he will do the fight companions he'll talk to really really smart dudes he'll talk to comedians he'll talk to fitness guys archery guys whatever the hell he wants to talk about that he brings somebody on and talks about that and I was like why can't I do that you know of course it's going to take longer to catch on because I don't have one main topic that people can click through to each episode and I I get that I'm totally understanding of that I'm just committed to doing episodes until it finally blows up because that's what happens with things once i get to episode like 2000 maybe it'll like explode you know <laughs> so just keep yeah going. that's the way i'm, I'm doing it because if i was if, if i kept doing the music ones maybe it would have caught on faster but i would have been so bored with it by then that i oh god it was getting yeah, so hard to do, do more episodes variety. yeah and that's the ra- you gotta do variety the radio and ones are fun and I, and that's the funny thing like you're not a wrestling fan you don't give a shit about wrestling but anybody who does those get a lot of downloads because a lot of my idiot friends love pro wrestling like i do because we're idiots you know it's like the dumbest thing for a grown adult to like as far as a guy goes <laughs> and, and i i mean i half hate it half love it but it's just fun to talk about because I've been a fan of it since I was like five years old, so I just know so much, and I like making fun of it more than I actually like uh, praising it. But it's you, just... you, you are at least honest with yourself. You're not lying to yourself about it. You realize it's ridiculous. You know it's scripted. It's really it's basically a soap opera for grown men. Yeah, you know, and and they want to go, and it's like a testosterone filled thing. It's a sense of community. It's a sense of belonging. It's a sense of like I don't give a fuck about the Kardashians. What's Kurt Angle doing though? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Who's on the podcast? By the way, go back a couple episodes. I saw Adam on here. Um, yeah. Did Did you just have a massive like like fanboy experience? Like, did you try and calm down about? Uh, I had a together these are like they were with the radio station like with one of the show prep services we were hooked up with so it was like he does a circuit of 40 interviews and i was probably interview like 35 you know (laughs) it's like 10 minutes Uh, 10 minutes at a clip so it's not really in depth or anything but it still was very cool to talk to him it was cool to he's going into the hall of fame and also he has like this whole uh rehab it's a it's a rehab app 
because he almost died. Like, I mean, he was bad in the drugs. He broke his neck six times, man. Like, the guy is a, a maniac, and he almost died, and he's he pulled through, and now he's back, and it looks like he's in great shape and great health, which is awesome. So it was a really cool conversation, but it wasn't... I love those. It wasn't that personal because he was doing a million of them. And by the way, if I'm talking at a record pace, it's because I, I bought this... Uh, I bought a... What the hell is it called? A French press for coffee? Do you ever use a French press? I have, man. It just sucks oh. the caffeine right out of there and just shoot it straight in your vein. There's, it, and it makes the coffee so good and smooth. So I like I brewed up one before this podcast, and I'm like, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm on illegal drugs, but it's just caffeine from coffee. Uh, it's, n- it's nothing wrong. With nothing <laughs> wrong with illegal drugs, except that they're illegal. I am making but besides the besides po- that, they're they're fantastic. I'm making the point that you know you can you can feel like you're on illegal drugs on legal ones. That's a good thing, you know. Yeah, you just got to go like for me. I'm about an hour away from Oregon. I'm in Boise, Idaho. I just got to go across the border and I can smoke weed and play golf, and then I come <laughs> back over here to Idaho and I just. I can't do anything. Wait, is golf? Of course, I'm a responsible recreational drug user. Is golf illegal in Idaho as well? It fucking should be. It's a <laughs> shitty sport. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> no, it's it's a really fun sport. I actually enjoy the shit out of it. But that's just a uh, like the excuse that you can you know you can go to Oregon because what they're doing is that there's these towns over into Oregon where you can drive. You know, I take me an hour and a half, maybe two, to get there. Uh, because there's uh, there's border cities, but you know those are dry counties. Mm. But there was one town of like 410 people, and they decided their like 25 year old mayor decided to sell some weed, and all <laughs> almost like 90 percent of their customers are from Idaho. They all have Idaho license plates, so they just the cops just watch those license plates <laughs> and catch them with a felony for tr- like transport like transporting oh, drugs across state lines. So crazy. So. What I always tell people, and I'm going to fuck this up for everyone that's going to try it, is like, go play golf. It takes like four hours. Just go to the dispensary. Go get high. Because you can't get high when you're driving because it's like, allegedly, you're a shitty driver. Not unless you're a fucking pro like me. Well, you're not, you're, not a bad, you're not a bad driver. You're just, uh, you're very worried about how you're driving the whole time. That's <laughs> I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm concerned about everyone's safety. It's not you know? even, a, I don't even think it's a good thing because I'm like, ah, oh, just so worried the whole time. I'm like yeah. saving lives. So in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say is that that's why golf and weed are mashed up together. Mm. Uh, but that's, that's about drugs. Anyway, enough about me and drugs. Uh, <laughs> I want to... Uh, I want to circle back to what we were talking about, and I'm not even high right now, so it's just because I'm not in Oregon. I'm in my studio. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just I just got back from jujitsu is what I did, so I was actually doing something like really productive, which is great. Yeah, uh, so you're probably kind of wiped out, I'd imagine. Like you're 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 just kind of on autopilot. Like feeling actually, good. you know what? Like I'm I'm like very like calm and relaxed. Uh, That's what I meant. Like, but I, I was kind of stressed out. Like everything, you know, it's just. Your days get filled up. Time is a thing that we just don't have like now. That's like the biggest commodity. As you get older, you start realizing like the flashy shit just doesn't ex- excite you all that much. You know, it's the things like reading a good book or talking, having a great conversation or hanging out with family or getting something done that takes a lot of time and effort. Those are the things that are like really important, right? Yeah. So, and, and time that like a day just is goes by so fast especially i have a two and a half year old and my god man like by the end of the day you're like well there went another one nothing yeah <laughs> it's yeah just, it's so weird before i had a kid i did not realize how short yeah, it's a day crazy. was so you you just start like focusing on shit that matters and so like in jujitsu i just it it's just something that it it eliminates ego it does a lot of things for everyone and each 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 person's journey is different but on the way here, you know, we were trying to figure out, you know, we had some technical issues and we figuring it out. And then that's the kind of time when you get super fucking stressed out, you know, and then you start forgetting about things and you start checking your Twitter and you start getting all negative and stuff. And that's when something like meditation can come in. And, you know, so on the drive over here, I just kind of, I turned off the radio and then I just kind of focused and like noticed what was going on in my head. Like I just have these constant negative feedback loops that i say to myself that is like if i said to anyone else people would fucking slap me or call me an asshole or a dick man ah, 
Uh, <laughs> my last name. My last name's Dickman, folks. That's why. Shitty joke. I'm so sorry. Back to it. And so I drive back home. And then, you know, I feel better. I feel kind of like, you know, I, I feel good. So it's just kind of like, um, it's kind of like getting your brain high without doing the drugs or kind of like uh, getting yourself to a state after meditation through just focusing or just noticing because that's all it really is. And that's, we really dove into it the last podcast we talked about, which is meditation. Yeah. I'm about to do like another update on that because I'm trying to do one every six months and I definitely have missed the six month mark, but, uh, but no doubt. Uh, yeah, man, it's meditation's really, it's, it's very interesting. Some people might gravitate and, and get really good at it right away. It took me a solid year and a half. Uh, cause I'm coming up. It's, it's about a, it'll be two years in June, I guess that I've been pretty much daily. And maybe sometimes I missed, you know, two or three days, but, uh, pretty consistently, Every single that's insane. A few days, you know. I would say out of a week, it's definitely six. Usually seven, though. I usually don't miss a day, even if it's just ten minutes. You know, I try to do at least twenty. But uh, it's one of those things that it's very strange because when you talk to people about it, if somebody would have talked to me about it before I knew about it or was into it, I would have eye rolled hard. Like my eyes would have rolled in the back of my head. Like, oh my god, yeah, I'm so sure, just sitting there. Like my brain's fine, dude. My brain's fine. Nothing's wrong with it. <laughs> but once I uh, sat down consistently with myself in different states, you know, you're in a good mood, you're in a bad mood, uh, you're maybe you're in pain because I have a lot of back and shoulder pain, or at least I, I mean, I still do have a decent amount, but it's definitely down from where it was. And just your different mindsets, you, you notice, like you said, when you're driving in your car and you just stop for a second and just focus on the breath and you'll you'll after a while i can i can see what's going on and i'm like wow my brain's out of control right now it's just throwing thoughts yeah. it's throwing so many thoughts at me throwing so many things at me i just need to let it chill for a minute and uh it's, it's hard to do it is I mean, the, the sometimes you sit down and you're like i just don't want to do this but my feeling in it is once i'm sat for 10 minutes i feel so much better i this is no lie. I'm not making this up. This is not like some. Uh, this is not like some weird hippie kind of stuff. Like I can make my headaches go away, not like right away, immediately gone, but I can focus on a pain, like a pain in my head, and I can definitely decrease that pain just by putting my focus on it. And that's one of the one of the art forms of meditation. And I've I just doing it for a while and listening to people who've been in it for years. You know, I, I don't know these people personally, but just through audio, the guy from Headspace, Andy Pudicombe, um, and like Ram Dass, and there's like just other people who are really deep into it. They, you ever hear of Wim Hof is another guy. I mean, he was, he really is uh, with cold water therapy, but also with meditation, able to eliminate diseases from his body and that might sound yeah. that might sound like that sounds like some mumbo jumbo ridiculous shit but they've scientists have tested it's a hundred percent real so yeah so what it was is that they put a, a mycotoxin so they basically like gave him like imagine it, it wasn't the flu but imagine they gave him like a stomach virus like you get food poisoning they basically gave him something like food poisoning dude they gave and me ebola breath work they gave me ebola they, they gave me ebola i'm pretty it was either ebola or uh i'm pretty sure it was ebola you can look it up but and he got rid of Oof. it like with his mind and it it sounds like a bunch of ridiculous stuff i know because when i first heard it i was like yeah right but he also climbed the top of mount everest in his underwear so i mean yeah i don't know what you want to do <laughs> You know, it's craziness. Yeah, and it's really with the mind. It's how it's like uh, what I'm starting to find out, like the older that I get, is that all these little like sayings that we've had growing up, these like nursery rhymes are like they're correct. They're easy and they're old and they're boring, but they're correct. You know, like the golden rule, like that's it's really obvious you know like just treat other people the way you like to be treated mm -hmm. you know it's just like uh, gratitude or i'm actually i've said there's all these and i can't even think of one other than the golden rule well it's um, it's cliches in general right a cliche is cliche for a reason because it's like if you ever hear something that's cliche that means you should listen to that thing because that thing has been passed down for from for years because it's a real statement but 
I think I don't know who said that. That's a quote from somebody, not a direct quote, but like that's think, a fucking problem with podcasts, man. You hear all this awesome shit, and yeah. you have no idea <laughs> where you where you get it from. I know, and then people think you're a goddamn weirdo, or you're like the Rain Man because you come out with these crazy statistics and like crazy stories and they're like where the fuck did you hear that and they're like i don't know i literally can't remember it's just floating around in my brain so you got into jujitsu speaking of meditation because jujitsu is a form of meditation you've been in that for a year two years now talk about that a little bit and what that's done for your life yeah so um jujitsu started in japan there's japanese jujitsu and then brazilian jujitsu which is most commonly paired up with you know like uh douchebags um I like mean, not not douchebags <laughs> you're thinking of like tap out clothing and I know, stuff like that you I'm know just kidding. it's like mma but uh brazilian jiu jitsu uh it was spun off from japanese jiu jitsu and uh the reason it's called brazilian is because there was a guy studying and i'm going to murder the origin here but uh um some guy from Japan, he opened a judo school in Brazil in like 1909. And then uh, there was a Gracie, which a lot of people know the name Gracie. Um, so there were some Gracies there that started training in like 1915, 16, 17. There was like three brothers. And then uh, one of the weakest ones uh, was Ilio Gracie. And then he had a... a he had like a heart condition or something like that, like a fainting goat type thing. Where, like, if he exerted too much effort, he would, like, pass out. And so he was, like, this weak, frail, like, brother that was learning, like, this Japanese jiu-jitsu. And he, dis- he was so, like, creative and smart that he uh, he developed it in- into, like, this uh, this form of, like, judo, a Japanese, you know, jiu-jitsu. Into this ground fighting technique that uses the... Um, like their direct opposition of the opponent's strength against them because he couldn't use anyone else's he he had he couldn't use his own strength. So then, you know, we fast forward through some years and you have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. Basically, they're all kind of the same except for you know, there's some little subtle differences and then there's Judo, which is a lot of stand up. So Jiu-Jitsu is kind of like rolling is what they say. They're, we are rolling. That's when you like engage in combat, you know, or a mock combat. Is but, that what that? Yeah, li- I got. Is that what that Limp Biscuit song's about? Rolling, 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 rolling. That's about jujitsu. I think that's actually just like just keep rolling through life. No, and, no, it's like, definitely about it's about no? for Brazilian jujitsu. One hundred. I'm totally kidding, man. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was about riding dirty, but it could be. You know, correct. <laughs> wouldn't, you know? wouldn't that be awesome if you found out like the Fred Durst was like the ultimate Brazilian jiu-jitsu master? And <laughs> you know what? <laughs> he wrote There's that a lot of famous people that are that are really high up in jiu-jitsu, and and you wouldn't believe it. Like you know, Al Bundy, like married with children. Yeah, that guy's on Ma- Modern Family. Yeah, Ed O'Neill. That that guy's a black belt. Really? Yeah, that's why he lost all that weight. He's a black belt through one of the Gracies. Like he's a legitimate, scary, terrifying black belt. That's so crazy. Yeah, and you know, like uh, De- Demi Lovato just started doing jujitsu. Justin Bieber tries, but he's pathetic, and he's got other shit to work on. Yeah, so it's like but, the cool yeah. new thing to do in Hollywood. It's like you know, it's the well, I wouldn't say it's like the cool new thing because there's a okay. So let's go back to jujitsu and meditation, right? Because jujitsu does this weird thing, right? Because what it is, it's a martial art. Martial like is a combat sport. Now, I'm not hitting anyone, and if you drive by a jiu-jitsu gym like ours, you know, and, and there's not full windows from the ground floor up, then you're not going to see anyone because everyone's always on the mat. You're never going to see some people standing up unless they're warming up. And so the art of combat or the uh, the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, what's amazing about it, it's an ego eliminator, which is awesome, and it really contradicts something that's ingrained in Hollywood, which is you need to have an ego. You need to, you know, like it, this crazy Hollywood life that, you know, you get faint glimpses of in radio when you work in it. And so this is ego dissolver because you see someone that's like a 16-year-old girl and you outweigh her by 80 pounds and she just manhandles you in a way that you just could never fucking believe and she almost tears your shoulder off. She chokes the fuck out of you. And it's just like, well, what the fuck? I outweigh her. I'm bigger than her. I'm older. I'm smarter. I, I should be able to beat it. But nope. Nope. 
Jiu-Jitsu is just a great equalizer. It is the craziest thing. That said, it's a 10-year learning curve, so it does take a long time. Now, there's some people that get their black belts within, like, you know, the, the 1% of 1%. A lot of people know BJ Penn. He got his in, like, three and a half years or three years. Mm-hmm. He's crazy. That's why they called him the prodigy. Then there's people like me who take forever to learn, but I enjoy the shit out of it nonetheless because I believe it's really good to suck at something and be the worst at something, you know, because I come from a frame of mind that everyone is average and the people that are great are ones that just accepted that they were average, no special snowflakes. And then they just kept at it and saying, no, fuck that. I'm going to be great by putting more effort in than everyone else. So when you're doing jujitsu and you get tapped out, what that means is that you just basically died. Like someone either put put you in a position or choked you out into the point where you are going to suffocate to death or you're going to have irreparable harm done to one of your joints or ligaments, whether it's hyperextension of the arm. And a lot of people know arm bars because of uh, uh, Ronda Rousey and then uh, Rip career, by the way. And then um, there's other things like chokes or knee bars or there's all sorts of different things as shoulder locks. There's a lot of different things that you can do. And so when you tap out, you are basically saying, listen, you manhandled me. You ended me. So that does something weird in your brain where you say, you basically whoop my ass. And then you look at someone and they're fat or they're short or they're weak. But if they know jujitsu, then it doesn't matter. There's no way you can pick someone out of a crowd. Like if I took you to come train with, with me at at the, uh, it's called the base training center. I did jujitsu gym or a box or, you know, an academy, then you're, if we take everyone's belt off, you're not going to know who's who. You're not. You're not going to know who's great, who isn't, who's amazing, and who's not. It's just there's no way to know by looking at someone. So in turn, you go in there and you try and go and learn jujitsu to go kick someone's ass. Well, by the time you start doing it for a year, you never want to get in a fight ever again. Ever, because you you just don't know. You you go in there and you get manhandled by a sixteen year old girl, and then which has happened to me, by the way. I can't do anything to sixteen year old girl. She's just like, and she's 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 really good, but she's also been training for a long time, right? So she should be good. And it's just a matter of just keep showing up, keep sucking at something, and eventually you get it. And it's one of those things where you just takes a lot of time. There's a lot of skill into it. It's 3D chess with your body. And the most exciting thing and the thing that turns people on about it is that it's like a video game, like a real life video game. So every time I go to yoga, I get plus one to flexibility, makes me a better jujitsu, like a better jujitsu practitioner. If I eat better and lose weight, then it's plus one to stamina because I'm not carrying that fat on me. Mm-hmm. I've lost 20 pounds since doing jujitsu. I'm cut on below 10% body fat now. Like it just, it, it it's this really great thing. And you think, oh, I can't do it because of my back. My back was fucked. I, I almost tore my shoulder off when I was doing CrossFit and, uh, you know, and in the military, just doing a lot. I had pronated shoulders, which means my shoulders are like, you know, pushed forward and I have this like turtleneck. You can Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about, pronated shoulders. And so, you know, through doing jujitsu, it's just changed everything in my life. It's just been really great. And trust me, I'm a white belt and I was there today with two brown belts and uh, a blue belt. I got my fucking ass handed to me, but I feel good about it because every time I go in, it's a slow drip in a bucket. And in the same way, and I promise I'm wrapping this up right now, but and I in the same way that when people, um, people when they graduate college and they say, you know, wow, this is like the biggest accomplishment of my life, it's because they put effort into it, right? And it's shitty, and it's it's shitty on purpose because you got to do lots of sacrifices to to graduate college. Okay, you didn't graduate college, but you did some big thing like ran a 5K or a marathon. It takes a long time to do it and it sucks and you have to overcome adversity, but that's what makes life beautiful is to put in this effort and overcome adversity to get to this goal that takes a long time. So that's what makes it so satisfying is compared to something like checking your tweets, like your at mentions. That, it's okay, but it actually makes you less happy. Like it's been proven that just 
like turn off your notifications and go read a book. You're going to get more satisfaction out of it. Or turn off your notifications and go to judo or go to jujitsu or go to yoga or go to the fucking gym or do something. But that's kind of the realization I got out of jujitsu. And also it's, it's a way to like get the aggression out and just become a more humble person because there's humility because you start respecting everyone, not because you're more dominant than them physically or you just, you, you respect them for being a human and just, you know, being part of this crazy life and, you know, the fact that they tangentially or they're a tangent in your life for a, just a blip of a moment or, you know, throughout a whole lifetime of your friends or someone or like family. And it's like that, but it just creates respect and, and, and I'm done. I'll shut up now. I think that, uh, because I took jujitsu for maybe, uh, three weeks, <laughs> a couple of years ago and my shoulder, my shoulder had hurt before that because I had lifted weights, you know, banging out weights in the gym, bro, for about a decade. Yeah. And uh, yeah. my body was beat up. So I, was, I tried jujitsu, and I really wanted, and I still do really want to take it. And uh, I probably went in, I'm going to say four or five, maybe six times. And uh, I loved it. The thing I noticed the most about it, and you were saying about it, it's kind of like an ego breaker, is that how often during the day do you just touch other people touch like every part of their body and they're like their bodies on your body and their faces in your face and and your faces <laughs> in their crotch and you know it's just like you i used to wrestle in junior high and it was like that too it's like you never you don't get that yeah. experience anywhere else and it's one of those experiences because you go so much of your day without actually touching people sometimes without even talking to people like face to face when you get in there and you do that it's it's such a a jarring thing it's such a jarring situation that from somebody like me who's a complete complete novice like barely any knowledge just that experience of struggling and being face to face with somebody and having to grab a hold of them and they're grabbing a hold of you and you're staring each other in the eyes and you're like a like half like six inches away from one another face to face <laughs> it's so it's something you don't experience at any other time so that that in itself is huge and whenever i was taking it my ba- my shoulders and my shoulders still is banged up both of my shoulders uh mm. and i'm trying to fix it without going through any form of surgery and without any form of pain medication because i don't want to go down those roads uh yeah. because i've been down those roads from surgeries and stuff and it's just yeah. it's not it's just not a good place to be so i you know through stretching uh i have daily stretches my wife is constantly annoyed by me for like just stretching in random places throughout the house like I'm always like doing some some sort of pose um but then ddp yoga as well which i'll have another podcast about that because i'm i'm like four or five months into it now and it's that is that is an unbelievable as far as f- home physical therapy you don't need to go to a physical therapist you don't need to go to a facility you just turn on the dvd or get on the app and just the workouts are so amazing, and I can't wait to get back into jujitsu and actually dive into it, which is going to happen, I would say, within a year to two years. Because I put, yeah. I think I don't know how you are with with fitness, but like I started out with weightlifting because that's what my dad, my brother did, and I beat myself up with it. You know, I, I mean, I definitely got some great progress throughout the years, but in the end, I was like what the hell am I doing this for? Number one, like, who am I doing it for? Like, I'm like, yeah, I look good, but like, I, I take my shirt off like twice a year at the beach. Like, <laughs> I don't know who I'm like yeah. showing off for my, and my wife doesn't care. She's like, yeah, you look great. I mean, either way, you know, it's not like you have to be chiseled. And I was like, yeah. And then we had a kid. So that like wore me down even more to where I didn't have the energy to go in there and, and put like an hour and a half into it. And then I was like an hour and a half in the gym a day. It's just, it's stupid. Like, what am I doing it for? And then like you, I started doing some CrossFit stuff and like CrossFit for a 20 year old, I think is fine. They can probably handle it. But for somebody who's in their thirties or like even late, I'm sure people in their late twenties are fine with it too. But for me, man, it's just, and I know people who have, lifted for years and they're like in their late thirties and early forties and they get into CrossFit and now they're having surgeries because it's it's too much weight. Those, a lot of those moves they're doing in CrossFit, just your body's not meant to do that many reps of like a snatch. It doesn't make any sense. A snatch is great. Both the weight and the, 
physical, you know, female object. Both of them are great, <laughs> but like uh, clean and jerks and those pull-ups, just like everything about it. I, I love watching CrossFit. I like seeing how the, these freaks of nature who are super strong and can do this crazy shit. Uh, but as far as like on my body, it just beat me the hell up. Is that why you got out of it too? Is it just too yeah. much like I that? Yeah, I mean, I tore my shoulder off almost. Like I tore my labrum and From I got doing what? This, what, was, like, what was the exercise? Well, let me back up. I shattered my knee, so I was in a straight leg cast, uh, and that was just through a sledding accident. Oh. And so um, I shattered my knee, straight leg cast, and I did nothing but like Olympic ring workouts. Okay. So I got Olympic rings, and I did all my workouts through there. So it was constant pull-ups and all that stuff. And dead hang is really good un- unless you don't have a stable shoulder. And most people don't have a stable shoulder because – they're constantly sitting at a desk working on a computer and it pronates their shoulders. So you kind of get that person with that shitty posture. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to do something like yoga or stretch or foam roll and get some sort of like myofascial release, yeah. you know, the, just to get yourself back into the way that you were. You know, you just look at a baby and the baby's flexible. And then you look at a human and they can't touch their toes. And I'm like, well, you're going to slip a disc in the next 10 years. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Like, well, I wasn't born with it. I'm like, yes, you were. You just you just stopped using it. If you don't use it, you truly use it. And to quote the great Kenny Powers, you know, I play real sports. I'm not trying to be the best at exercising. You know, that's <laughs> CrossFit, you know, like, and he yep. says it in such an asshole way. He's like, he's like, oh, you do triathlon? He's like, well, I play real sports. I'm not trying to be the best at exercising. So... Kenny Powers, okay, yeah. one of the greatest inspirations on the in the history I, of humanity. <laughs> exactly. So you know, CrossFit is it's not for everyone, and there's some people that you know they like the people that have played football for a long time that they grew up in the gym or they did gymnastics. I mean, if you look at someone that's done gymnastics and has the great shoulder flexion, like the best thing to do is stand up next to a wall, and anyone can do this unless you're driving right now and listening to this. But you can go up to a wall, put your heels against the wall, and then put your butt against the wall, and then put like the back of your shoulders against the wall, and then put the back of your head against the wall, and then you should be able to take your hands, and then you should be able to just move them up, like your hands are parallel to the ground, and then keep extending them up, 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 until your fingers touch the wall, and your head, and your back, which would be your mid-thoracic, and your hips or your butt and your heels. So you should be able to do that. It's kind of like a, a swimmer diving in. If you don't have that shoulder flexion, you don't have that shoulder mobility mm-hmm. and you're, you're tight and, and you can't do that, you're going to rip your fucking shoulder off. It's just the mechanics of your shoulders and how it is. And the best way to learn how to do it is to rip your fucking shoulder off. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I learned, but I don't suggest it. And so CrossFit is great because it does this community thing. And we touched about it with jujitsu. I'm closer with some people in jujitsu than I am with people that I've known for like five years. I trust people in jujitsu more than people I've known for like eight years because I trust them with my shoulder or my knee or my ankle or my hip or to like not kill me when they're choking me the fuck out. So I, I, you know. There's a sense, and that's what CrossFit's so great. When people say, I love CrossFit, it's the community aspect of it. But guess what? There's also the same thing in running. There's also the same thing in yoga. I mean, tonight, Lexi and I are going to a yoga class, and it's it's acro yoga, which means it's like couples yoga. So, like, I'm hoisting her up with my feet. She's doing some circus Olay shit. And then afterwards, we have some wine with everyone. And it's, you know, it's going to be a fun thing, but there's community everywhere. So it doesn't have to be in CrossFit. And if you're thinking, man, I got to get my fucking life together. Everyone knows how to do it. You just go Google, how the fuck do I do it? And then it'll show you. You don't have to go to a gym. Maybe go to a trainer. You, you can go to jujitsu and do it. I mean, whatever it is you want to do, just make sure you fucking enjoy it. And then you'll get there. So it doesn't have to necessarily be CrossFit or something. Like if you're injured in jujitsu, like I've had, I got arm bar and I hyperextended my elbow in the last tournament that I was in to where it popped twice. So I've had nothing but issues on my elbow. So when I do some like rolling, when I like, you know, rolling is just like you hit some six minutes on the clock and then you try and either submit the person or choke them out until they tap out. And uh, when I do that, sometimes I just tech, tuck my 
hand in my belt and I just use one hand and then both both my feet and I just go that way. You know, and so like if your if your shit hurts and you know, like I I've fought against some black belts that tuck both their hands in and they fucking kill me. They strangle me within like ten seconds. You know, it's it's the most demoralizing thing ever but it's something you can do yeah it's pretty wild man i mean the the, the acro yoga which i really want to try that with my wife because it looks incredible like it looks like yeah. it's a really good workout for both of you and it's i know it's just it's bizarre it's i feel like it's like some cirque de soleil kind of shit like some yeah. gymnastic kind of stuff and it looks like a really good workout too like it looks wild well, I mean, I, I, it's like the older I get, the more I realize like old shit works, right? Like if you read uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, I mean, it was the gladiators about Marcus Aurelius, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the movie Gladiator. And so it's just, it's yoga has been around for like millennia, like over 2000 years. And they figured out that it just works. And everyone knows it. Everyone knows that if you do yoga, you're going to feel better. I mean, it's just like, if you don't believe that, then you're kind of an asshole and you're lying to yourself, which is even worse problem. That's like a emotional blindness that someone has, you know, but it's just a way to organize your life and to be pain-free. Like I do yoga once a week, hot yoga, and I do that because it's cheaper than a chiropractor and I never need to go to a, a therapist and my shoulder, I never got surgery on. I just did yoga I actually did a year of hot yoga challenge where I did hot yoga five, six times a week wow. for a year. And uh, that's when I did the morning show was when I was in radio and I did that. And it was partly what kept me sane during the whole time because <laughs> I had a crazy schedule. And so I, I, I like yoga and I believe if you keep doing the yoga and if it's a correct you know, version or you know it really does focus on everything that you need, need it to for your shoulder – then it's going to get better, but it takes time. You know, it takes a long time to get it back to where you need it to be. Yeah, because you put all those years in messing it up. So, of course, it's going to take a long time getting it back. I mean, it's crazy, right? Because it's the most obvious thing. I'm not going to try to get all preachy here, but from everybody that I've listened to, and, you know, if it's Ty Lopez would be one of the main guys. Uh, he has that whole 67 Steps program. You've probably seen him a billion times on YouTube because every commercial is uh, Ty, Lu- Ty Lopez now at the front of a at the front of a video but um it's cra- maybe for you bro not me oh really i see him like non-stop yeah. i'm always getting his ads but i guess that changes depending on what you watch but uh yeah, yeah they're selling me boner pills that's what they're doing I'm ah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm I, kidding I'm and kidding. i'm buying them like mad uh yeah there's so many like john jones says like uh, why do you take them like it's because it's fun <laughs> I have so I've never taken a boner pill, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I hear it's an amazing experience where you could feel like you're going to die, but also incredible. And those are the kind of best experiences when you're near death, but it's really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like the thing is, the throughout history, and I'm not going to name the people where this comes from because I, I don't know. I just heard it from other people. Throughout history, it's it's an average learning curve of 18 months for something to really stick with you. Like it takes two to three months for it to set in like as a new pattern of habit but like 18 months is that point where it finally kicks in like this is now a part of my life and if you don't do that thing uh you you feel like something's off that day and you almost don't even have to worry about not you don't have to worry about not worrying about doing it because you're going to end up doing it anyways because it's become a part of your normal schedule so like it just becomes a part of what you do so Anything like that, like jujitsu or with meditation or whatever, whatever the thing is, like if you just uh, stick with it for that amount of time, which I find to be true. And now, now whenever I think of something like quitting my job at the radio station and you know taking on new ventures and trying to do something new with my life, like this podcast, like it's been it's been a little over two years now, but I've been back and forth with it while having another job now i can fully focus on it and it's yeah once you do it enough you're like well it's set in like i'm not gonna not do that thing because you know you've that like thing in your life and for me for me this that thing in my life used to be like watching documentaries i was like man if i don't watch a documentary like what am i doing like i'm I'm learning by watching it like yeah (laughs) god i've been there too yeah right it's like the like i feel like it's like the late 20s thing like you just start watching a million documentaries and feel like you're actually retaining information which i didn't retain anything i don't remember i barely remember anything from any of them but uh you know 
you have that thing, you do it so much, then if you don't do it, you feel like, oh, there's something wrong. I just don't feel right because I'm not doing that thing that I constantly do. And you just got to change your habits, which is so easy to say. It's super hard to do. It's like a daily struggle sometimes, which I struggle with. And I'm sure you do. I'm sure everybody does every single day. It's oh, like, fuck yeah. God damn it. Man, I just came through like this giant depression thing that I just couldn't. I couldn't shake, man. It just was like the weirdest shit that I could not shake. And it was it was all in my head. Just recently? It was Yeah, just you know, it was a long time, man. It was basically since I got let go from the radio station and I mean I got let go from the radio station in God, was it like twenty fifteen? God, it's so fucking long ago. It was uh, it was uh Veterans Day, so November eleventh, twenty fifteen. And since then I was just kinda lying to myself, just being like Oh, I'm gonna do this desk job, and then I was just fucking miserable. Yeah, I was miserable because I didn't have that creative space, and that just I I enjoyed working in radio, but it didn't necessarily have to be that one thing, you know. And it's really what I needed to do is like reorganize my values, you know, like why are you depressed? I'm like, well, because I want to be the most popular person in the party. Okay, why do you feel like you're a failure because you're not a important person in a party well like well i think that being the most important person in the party is the one that's most respected like why do you need to be why are people are people even respected if the most popular person in the party like no not necessarily you know so i just rechanged my value to be hey instead of i want to be like popular i want to learn i want to grow and there was no growing in like radio for me it was just you know saying liners and stuff like that and like in proving the art of it but i really just started gravitating towards something different so when during this like depression thing i was trying to figure out my values and all this stuff and it just i went through like a self-help phase where i do a lot of that self-help trying to reorganize myself and it really just comes down to like it's really easy just start meditating for a while and you'll kind of figure it out and make it kind of easy and it sounds like a, a cheap answer because we've circled back to meditation again it sounds so cliche doesn't it it does but it just it really like once you just get used to spending time with yourself i mean that there's this article uh that was on like psychology today uh like a like a publication for psychology where people would much rather take an electric shock than spend 10 minutes alone with themselves yeah that's some crazy shit man that's weird right i mean that's like you would rather experience physical pain than just sit in your head and sit there and stew. Isn't I mean, that, there's a reason that people can't sleep, and that's because they're in their fucking head. They can't let go. Isn't it? It's so crazy. And I'm just going to go right back to meditation because, I mean, why not? Because Do it, it. really, it's the answer. And that sounds, once again, super preachy and super hippie. But uh, it is. It, it's just so freaking simple, yet none of us want to face it. None of us want to face ourselves. Like, it's scary to face what's going on in your head. That's so weird, right? Like, it's so weird yeah. that we're so out of touch. We're so we're so uh, entertained, or we're so just fed information and entertainment constantly that the concept of, like, sitting in silence is like, oh, my God. Like, you've got to be yeah. you've got to be bored. And boredom, I don't know who said this either, but somebody said that boredom, it might have been Chris Ryan, uh, but he said... Uh, like boredom is the most important thing because if if you're, if you're truly interested, you're never bored. Like because yeah. I, I when I was a kid, I was bored because I was looking for something to entertain me. But if you stop looking for things to entertain you, and by that it's anything. If it's your phone, if it's TV, if it's other humans, if it's drugs, if it's whatever, it's you're looking for something to distract you from what's going on just by sitting with yourself. So, you know, the phone's number one on that list. It's just a constant thing. If you have a moment, like every time you go to the bathroom, every time I pee, I reach for my phone, and I'd say 75% of the time, stop myself. 25%, I still pick it up and look at it. But 75%, I'm like, dude, just pee and just stand here. Like, you don't need to be entertained. It's so, we're so hooked we're so locked onto that there's a school there's a high school in baltimore there's a school system in baltimore right now that after school activities and detentions are now meditation sessions so they have adults come in meditation experts and kids meditate and like that is the best possible thing that you could have anybody do because you talk about 
looking for something to preoccupy your time with, like teenagers and, and kids in elementary school, you know, they're, their minds are going 100 miles a minute. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old. I mean, it's crazy. They're like squirrels. Like every three seconds, there's <laughs> something else he wants to do. You know, And if he gets locked onto something, it's great, but you can change that attention in this, in a second. And uh, it's just fun to watch a little kid like that because I think to myself, like, damn, Rob, how much are, how much are you like that? You know, you think you're so... You think you got your shit together and you're so sophisticated and, and you know, so much more intelligent than a two-and-a-half-year-old, but... Not really. Like we, we, I fall into the same traps of like, I can't just sit and chill and relax and take it easy and not be bombarded with a million different thoughts. And uh, it's you know, it, it is the most simple cliche thing you could possibly ever think of would be just to sit there and do nothing and just not think about anything except for you just focusing on the breath. One simple thing. One so baseline simple if you had you know if you were like in the woods and you were just you were full and you weren't searching for food and you didn't have anything to do like what was the what would be the one thing you would do like you could just focus on that one last thing if if you had no senses you know that that one thing that would always be there would be the movement of your breath and uh I hate talking about it like this because I feel like it's somebody's rolling their eyes right now. I shouldn't say I hate talking yeah, about it like this. Yeah, fuck those people then. But it's cri- but because because that used to be me, and it's wild that once yeah you get into it and you learn what it's about, you're like, oh, I've been, I've, and most of us have just been lying to ourselves this whole entire time. You know, we need entertainment. We don't want to sit there and just let let ourselves be. And that's yeah. the, that's really if you're looking for like a therapy. You're looking for a stress reliever. If you get like bad headaches, like ten to twenty minutes of meditation practice on a consistent basis can it can fix a lot of that. Yeah. It's I mean, people do it different ways and they don't understand that they do it that way. You know, there's some people do it through golf, like they go golfing. That's what my dad does. When he yeah, goes golfing, too. he thinks about nothing but golf. He thinks about he when he gets a thought about bills, he's like, No, I'm playing golf right now. I'm mm-hmm. focusing on this. That's meditation. All all meditation yeah. is like meditation demystified. Here it is. It's noticing. It's one word. Notice. Like notice what you're thinking about and be like, all right, I'm thinking about that. And then notice. Well, and then like, go. Oh, this is creeping. And you're just noticing different things. But you can do that while driving. Like I like talked about earlier. I was driving and I was like noticing how my car was handling the turns, noticing the ex- acceleration, like. Some people just, they, they forget how fun it is to drive. Like you're going up to 70 miles an hour. You're going on an on-ramp, you know, or 75 or 80 or however the fuck fast you want to go. But like driving is fucking fun. And if you don't think driving is fun, I remember when I came back from basic training and then my advanced technical school that I hadn't driven like uh, over 15 miles an hour in like four months. And when I got in a car and got on the highway, I was like, holy fuck, this is like a roller coaster. This is so much fun. And it gets lost on it. Now people are driving down the highway fucking like looking at their Twitter or like this freaking asshole funny guy. I don't know if you've seen this picture, but type in like Tesla sleeping oh, yeah, traffic. The dude passed and the out. guy's just mouth open, passed out in fucking traffic in L.A. or in California. I can only assume. But it's just, it's really funny, but you just get lost on just the the fun things in life at the very basic thing. And that's what I'm getting to is like old shit and just shit that's just fun. Like I hung out with my parents for six hours yesterday and I just had fun chatting with them about different shit in life. And it's just, you know, those little basic things are way more worthwhile, like relationships, books and that than, than something that's like, you'll never guess what Kim Kardashian is fucking doing now like or you'll net you know the buzzfeed 10 things you need to know about this like oh guess what happened to united airline it's just the outrage du jour or the recreational outrage that people are experiencing and then everyone wants to be right and it's just these different values of shit and and once you just abandon all that and then just get into something different that you actually enjoy doing like like a, a goal like creating something like a podcast learning something that's difficult like a new language or 
you know, deciding that you're going to start a blog or you've always wanted to start a fucking cookbook or, man, you know what? I really want to do theater, but everyone thinks it's gay to do so. I'm like, fucking do it. Start wearing a fanny pack and stop giving a fuck what people think about you. It's really hard to do. And this is why it sounds so weird and so woo woo. And I'm, I'm, I know I come across like I sound like I know everything, but I don't. I fucking don't know anything. I'm just trying, I'm stumbling forward through life. Like, sometimes stumbling where I'm walking on my hands. I'm trying to get on my feet. I'm just trying to move and organize myself because I'm never going to figure it out. And if I do, I'm lying to myself, right? And so I'm just trying to go forward through life, trying to figure it out. But if once I sit down and really think about it, like those days that I'm playing golf in Oregon, haha, uh, where I get really fucking blasted high, I think like, why is it so hard? Like, why is it that I figure it out with meditation and then I slip back down into med- into this deep fucking depression where I have these evil, selfish thoughts that creep up in my head, right? Why do I do it? And why can't I talk about it? You know, it's like, I'm open with my depression now, but it's just something that, you know, why did that come back? It's because society is geared to do the exact fucking opposite. It's all marketing. And anyone that listens or is in radio knows it because you know how to make a spot or a commercial on radio. You got to do the who, what, where, when, why, and then you have to create an emotional response of why they really fucking want something. That's why when you have a Bud Light commercial, they're selling you the lifestyle that you're going to get fucking laid when you're drunk and everyone's going to have a lot of fun. Meanwhile, there's someone drinking alone Bud Light watching NASCAR and his wife fucking hates him and he left her or she left him and he's fucking fat and he's on beta blockers and he's one heart attack away from not being on this earth anymore and his poor fucking kids hate him and they're gonna have to go back to their shitty mom's house and it's just he's not organizing himself but it's that's just because Bud Light is selling you that thing this whole world the marketing the psychology behind it is the antithesis of what you should be doing those notifications on your phone that they're pushing, turn them off because they're not going to make you any happier. But I, I, at least right now, this is my form of it. You know, it's great to communicate with family on don't shut down Facebook. Like, just stop following people. Like, do I really give a fuck what this person thinks about me? That I then why do I think that way, right? But the whole thing is geared so you want something. And then if you ever wanted something like really bad, you see someone with a midlife crisis that buys like a Porsche right? Then they're fucking still unhappy. And so that's my depression was like, if I only get a a nine to five job that pays over $40,000 a year, cost of living is really low in Idaho, you know, then I'll be happy. And I got that job and it fucking sucked and I was unhappy. I'm like, all right, so if I only have a job that's like more flexible and I got a job that was highly flexible and then all of a sudden I still wasn't fucking happy. So what the fuck was wrong with me? And so I took two weeks to completely, I just didn't even go to work. It was a 100% commission sales job. I just didn't go to work. I had some clients. I helped them out. But it's just like, I just didn't do any selling. I just helped out my clients. And then I just reorganized my life. And I realized like, well, fuck, you know what really matters to me? And I wrote these down and you can feel free to steal them. But there's goals that I set every single day when I write in my journal. And it's meditation. Did I do it? No. Get it fucking done now. That's step one. Don't move to step two until you get step one done. Step two, learn something, personal growth through reading or doing like jujitsu or personal growth. It could be an article about CRISPR or genetic modification or about the ketogenic diet or about DDP yoga or I could listen to a podcast about whatever. Then health. Am I eating healthy? For me, it's snacking. I lost 20 pounds by just cutting out the bullshit romance like am i have a really good do i have a good relationship what are my values are family my my business that i just started fun social podcast and home and podcast because you know it it's like therapy and if unless you don't have one then you know it could be blogging or it could be whatever it is some people like doing facebook stuff but they're just trying to show off that's my take on it that's why you need to stay up on top of a meditation it's just something it's a practice because it's never perfect. You have to consistently practice it and it becomes ingrained in your life. Just like the person who runs every day because he knows that, or she knows, he or she knows that they, or they, or Z, or here, or whatever the fuck the pronoun that they choose, I lost track, that they know that they have a race coming up and they have to do it. And discipline is the key to freedom. I'm sorry, I was checking my Snapchat. I didn't hear anything you just said. <laughs> yeah, did you get some... <laughs> 
to get some juicy picks. <laughs> it was great. The filters are so awesome. Um, all right. Well, yeah, you know I think that uh, the point we're trying to make. Oh, my wife just walked into the room. What's up, hon? She's eating a handful of popcorn right now. You're just shoving it. Oh, my God. That's like a record-setting amount of popcorn in one handful. Are you trying to ruin the end of this podcast, or what are you trying to do? Because you just came in here and ruined the end of the podcast. What's it on? Uh, we're talking about uh, birch trees. It's a yeah. deep, deep invested birch tree conversation. How deep? <laughs> I was like, how'd you know? <laughs> she had uh, one hand on her crotch and one hand on her butt. It seems like a weird way to walk around. Well, sometimes I forget underwear, too. Unless you're trying to hold something. No, she had pants on and everything. It didn't quite make any sense. Um, all right. Well, listen, I, I think that uh, I, we, we've crossed we've crossed paths many times now. Well, several times now. And, uh, you know, we're on the same page. And I feel like th- these podcasts turn into, like, some sort of venting session for just the the way we've been trying to figure things out. So if anybody out there, if you listen to this and it, you know, resonates with you, if you feel like... Uh, this is something you're going through right now, or you know, just trying to find that thing that'll be your, you know, your meditation practice. Whether it's jujitsu, it's meditation, like the actual form of it, or you know, playing tennis, or maybe you're into canasta, you know, or maybe it's just video games. Or I don't know if video games would count or not, possibly. But uh, contact me. Let me know because I would, I would, I would love to know what the thing is, what your hang-up is, or what your thing is that has has made you a better person or has moved you along as a human being on this mother-loving earth. Uh, you can always yeah. find me on social media. It's Facebook and Instagram, Rob Z Radio, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, Rob Z Yo. And of course, I've got to plug the phone number. Uh, if you want to leave a voicemail message on the podcast, you can do that as well at 814 that's 814-799-0064. Dave, if you want to plug your stuff too, dude, how can people find you and also your podcast and everything else that you do? Yeah, the uh, there's two podcasts that I do. Actually, I'm like a paid host for one. I actually got, uh, I got, uh, I auditioned and I got this job as the host of the Cybrink podcast. So if you like science and technology, we're interviewing the, like, the, the people on like the cutting edge uh, for example, um, Zoltan Istban, he ran for president on the Transhumanist Party. is more like a, a publicity stunt, but he, you know he's a person. He has an RFID chip implanted in. Yeah. Aubrey de Grey as well. Aubrey de Grey is uh, he's in charge of the Sense Foundation, which he's battling anti-aging. He has said that people that are born today will in, will live indefinitely, and there's a like 90, 80 percent chance that someone 30, 31, my age, I'm 31 can live indefinitely he's fairly certain about that yeah as and long so, as we don't I've, blow ourselves up by then yeah yeah i mean the, yeah <laughs> and then uh yeah so that's cybrink cybrink.com is where that is that one's if you're really into like science and stuff like that which is really great and cybernetics and stuff like that, artificial intelligence singularity awesome. all that my podcast which i have the cybrink podcast are all on youtube it's a youtube channel and then those are also published on my personal one which is called candid conversation and that's on iTunes and Google Play. The best way you can get a hold of me is just search David J. Dickman on either Twitter or Facebook. And most people don't, so I'm not going to get offended if you don't. But I really do have just like one thing. If there's a book that changed your life, like you read something and it just resonated with you. Like you read something and it's a book that you gift people most often. Or it's just even a blog that you read. I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by personal growth. And even if it's just like a, a, a science fiction book, like Ready Player One, I've heard great things about that, or Snow Crash, or you know, any, anything like that. My favorite one being uh, How to Get Filthy Rich in Rising Asia. Love that book. If there's something like that, please send it my way. I'm getting a list of like books to read, and I just love geeking out about that. And that's typically what I like post about. Currently, I'm reading... Uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson, mm-hmm. and it's it's a New York Times bestseller. I believe you know if you really like the shit that I've kind of come up, I'm basically ripping them off because I'm just and everything I do, I kind of write it down, I revisit it, in my journal. But you know, if there is a book that you're reading that you really like or you want to bounce ideas off, just hit me up. I I geek out on this shit a lot, uh, and I enjoy the shit out of it. 
I just want to say if anybody's ever gifted anybody a book, you're a self-righteous douchebag and I can't stand you. I'm just... <laughs> How fucking dare you? Uh, no, I just, I, always, I just always think, like, if you're handing people books, they're like, who is this guy thinking I'm going to read this book he recommends? You know the amount of time this is going to take me. Um, but no, I, I totally agree. And it's all in the art. You just throw it at him. Get like, get your fucking shit together, you lazy shit. Without no, diving, no, do without diving into the books themselves, I will suggest a couple that I love. Uh, the Slight Edge is an amazing book. I read that because of you. The Happiness Hypothesis is a wonderful. book. I also book. read that because of you. <laughs> um, uh, what's Tony Robbins' newest book? Uh, it was Money Master the Game, but I think he changed the title. And I read that book several times. It is extremely difficult to get through because it's so long and complex. But uh, if you can, there's amazing information in there. And uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything else at the top of my head. But I love to- I love talking to you, man. So uh, we'll-, we'll do this again in a few months. And, uh, you know, just keep preaching to people and making sure. I don't sure- want to preach. I need to <laughs> shut the fuck up and just let- enjoy-, enjoy life. Uh, Join us. Let's catch up once you finally, like, I'm so curious about what you're going to be doing here in the near coming future because you just did a huge momentous change and I was very selfish and talked to the entire podcast. But I really want to catch up with you when you, whenever the fuck you're doing something, I want to find out what the hell it is. Well, you know, just ask all the questions. I think all of this preaching has kind of clued everybody in that I'm starting my own church. So we'll be talking about that in a couple of months once I have it up and running and there will be a lot of holy music in the background. I'm going to be lighting sage, and I'll have to get some altar boys. So if you're interested, uh, you could be one. And uh, that's it. The cat's out of the bag. I'm starting my own. I'm starting my own religion. So maybe change it from altar boys to like altar elders. Like just get really old men. They're gross. <clears throat> or altar bridge. Then- the uh, the creed. The knockoff creed band or creed without Scott Stapp. And I can just have them as my altar. Altar bridge, burner. Yeah. Oh, oh, one. The only way is one. Okay. We'll talk. And you can make it cheaper. So instead of tithing 10%, you can say, our church is half the price. Only tithe 5% here. Exactly. And, you know, maybe maybe go in the realm of Scientology and get my own boat. And we can have the altar bridge tour cruise. And it's also the captain's headquarters. There's so many things that are going to happen out of this. All right. Thanks, dude. (laughs) We'll talk soon. (laughs) All right, man. See ya. Later. That's brutal.